it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello, and welcome back to Hold on, I'm talking, brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our UFC Fight Night. Uh, Gamrot versus Sarukian review and Tom Ballum let's put this out there one of the best main events of the year perhaps that we just saw so it was hotly billed uh, the real fight fans knew how good it was going to be and yet it surpassed my expectations yeah uh, yeah incredible incredible fight at the highest level cannot wait to get into it with you joe yes uh let's stop no messing around here let's go straight into it this was the hardcore fans like fight like this is this was the fight for the hardcore fans and a little bit disappointing that maybe it happened this early in their career or this early in their run in the ufc but let's just savor the fact that this happened at all matthias gamrots defeats arman sarukian 48 47 on all three judges scorecards scoring has been a bit controversial about this fight i don't find it particularly controversial even if my own scoring was uh significantly different from the result tom i will throw to you what was the score that you gave and what rounds did you give to each fighter right joe so i i've been looking forward to talking to this about Talking about this to you, sorry, or talking to this about the world. Yes, of Um, course. (laughs) Yeah, uh, because I don't know what your take is as yet. And I also, uh, I've seen a little bit of murmurings in the community, but not delved into them too much. So I've been looking forward to getting into it on here. Yeah. Uh, So I'm not going to tease you any longer. I scored this fight 49-46. To? Arman Sarukian. Tom, I scored this fight 49-46 to Armin Sarukian as well. Oh! What round did Joe, you give Gamrot? Uh, I gave Gamrot... Let me see. Um, I, I'll tell you right now. I gave Gamrot the third. Yeah, I gave Gamrot the third also. I'm looking he had... My notes. Yeah, uh, that was the round that he had. I felt like he had the most control. And I thought that his output was the most impactful. That's where Sarukian started to drop. His output started to drop. It looked like he was starting to get tired. And I was I was thinking, oh man, Gamrot's going to take over. He's the former KSW lightweight champion and featherweight champion. You know, he's like, oh, he's got this experience. He's going to take over. But Sarukian dug deep for me and won rounds four and five. Rounds four, I'm pretty certain on that Sarukian won that. It was, I mean... Uh, Gamrot had quite a bit of control, if I remember correctly, in that round. But Sarukian had the knockdown off the uh, spinning back fist. And that's why I gave him that round. And then round five, to be honest, rounds one and two, I'm pretty comfortable with it being to Sarukian. But I can see an argument for Gamrot, maybe. Round three, where I was clear for Gamrot. Round four, again, I'm happy to give it to Gamrot, even though I'm... For me, clearly Sarukian. And then round five, exactly the same. Close as it gets. I'm not mad at Gamrot winning this fight, personally. Even though I have seen some people are. Tom, for you, your reaction. The fact that uh, it's it was so just, far it, off from you, are you annoyed? Uh, no, no, I'm certainly not annoyed, Joe. I'm, uh, I'm extremely grateful that I got to watch such an amazing fight. I mean, let's just talk about what made this fight so special. Oh, um, that first round. Looking- I mean, it's straight off off the bat. I mean, what I have here um, in my notes is insane scramble uh, times two. Uh, yeah. And that's because these guys were just constantly active. I mean, anybody who thinks wrestling is boring, and I have to say, from time to time, I am a bit of an anti-wrestler type MMA guy. I want some swang and I want some bang and I don't want to yeah. be laying and praying. Yeah, we want a bit of Jai Herbert out there. That's what we want. <laughs> I mean, live by the sword die by the sword exactly that's what we want um and here (laughs) was it was the perfect rebuke to anyone who doesn't like wrestling joe because these guys would not accept a position even for a moment yeah it was unbelievable like there was no moment where either fighter was on their back looking up out of ideas as soon as either fighter hit the map off a takedown 
They were working to improve the position, transitioning, countering, unbalancing their opponent. It was yeah. it was just frenetic. And even those moments where there was a slight pause, it was, I finally got a hold of him. I'm going to hold him for a minute. And then the other one would roll out of it. Gamrot, there was a bit, I think it was in round, it was in round one, was it, where he hit two Granby rolls to get out of Sarukian's grip. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> this is like, this is like the equivalent of like, countering striking and that sort of like but in wrestling terms like if re- if all mma wrestling was like this i don't think people would like despise it in the way that they do because as they said in the commentary these two guys aren't lay and pray wrestlers they're not going to hold you down to try and win around they're going to take you down to advance position to then lay in ground and pound and attack submissions and that is exactly what they did on the ground and then on the feet as well I've really got to give it up for them on this because, like, this got into some like really interesting technical game planning of the striking, particularly Sarukian's kicks. The kicks to the body were incredible. Yeah, out of both stances, Sarukian really ripping those kicks. I mean, that was the that was the overwhelming theme of the fight, which led me to scoring Sarukian for those rounds, uh, for those four rounds because of his uh, offense from the kicks. But he was there uh, working against Gamrot, who was also firing straight shots uh, mm. from both stances. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it really amazing. Um, again, like that first round, that really it really did set the tone for the fight. Uh, something very definitive that happened in that round was that uh, Sarukian, obviously, as a kicker, you're putting yourself at risk, especially against a wrestler mm. who can, of course, catch the kick. Lift you up in that treetop position, a la um, Teixeira versus Prohashka. Yeah. The treetop, you, you, you lift the, the kick, catch the kick, lift it up high, um, and then sweep the sweep the leg to, to land the takedown. Gamrot had been game planning. He was ready for these kicks. He he caught them. He hoisted to, uh, Sarukin's leg up in the air. <laughs> I couldn't take him down. It was incredible. I could not take him down. That was unbelievable balance from Saruki. Like, really unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and that's what allowed him to put that kicking game on, is that his balance and dexterity was so incredibly the, good that he didn't put him at risk of the takedown. The flexibility was incredible from both of these guys, you know, from working in the positions. But the one that's obviously so spectacular, as you say, is Sarukian's foot is way above his head. And he's got balance. And he's at one point, he was even like firing off shots to try and get him he off. He was landing him. shots. Like, he was <laughs> landing shots on me. Every time like the other one would grab the other one, they were landing shots on one foot. And like they weren't worried about getting taken down. Because they knew that, like, well, I'll scramble or I'll just stay on my feet. Or my foot, I should say. Like, they were absolutely incredible. And as you say, that kicking game of Sarukin caught by Gamrot. And also Gamrot's counters. Beautiful straights down the middle. And there was also there was a couple of really great exchanges when they both threw straights at the same time, landed simultaneously, and both stayed on their feet and kept going. Like it was absolutely fantastic, brutal fight. And also just highly technical. If you saw this fight in like the middleweight division, you would say this is the greatest fight of all time. But because it's the lightweight division, you just expect this level of greatness, don't you? Like these two guys are absolute hammers who should be avoided at all costs if you have a ranking at five or above. And I, I just these two guys are absolutely the future. There are a bunch of guys at lightweight now where I feel like if they got fights now against the sort of older guard, they would rip through them quite quickly. And these are two of those guys. We talked about it last week. Like well, we there did, is, we there did. Is a we did. wave of these guys, and they are not to be messed with at all. Joe, it's it's a tsunami. I mean, it's really. <laughs> I mean, my God. Now Gamrot, the man who did emerge victorious in this fight, he had lost to Kutateladze, yes. who himself lost to Ismagulov uh, just just a week ago. So you know, it's really Deep really terrifying waters. if you are. <laughs> If you are, well, Rafael dos Anjos, Gaethje. Tony Ferguson, Gaethje, I mean, Poirier as well, yeah. so you, you're in danger. You Let, are. Let's talk about, uh, I just want to go back to the fight as well, just for a moment. There was, uh, there was also, even when there was like a somewhat neutral position, 
this was something that really stood out to me in this fight that they would get into these clinch positions and they would find angles on each other that you don't normally see because of their grappling prowess. Like, they were coming at each other from these really strange angles. I remember when Sarukian hit him with this elbow off a clinch break, where it was almost like, you know, parallel to him that he landed on them. Like, the positions they were finding themselves in, you just do not see that often because of their ability on the mat. And also, just as the adjustments they made, uh, in, like, the fourth and fifth round, particularly in the fifth, Sarukin was landing like this double jab with a right straight right behind it. And he kept doing that over and over again. So then Gamrot, as he sees, he's throwing this jab through like this like really low leg kick to sort of like start throwing throwing um, Sarukin off. Going like, all right, I can't double jab because I know that this guy's going to be throwing a leg kick from there. They were adjusting to each other at all times and it was absolutely sublime. And well, Gamrot, had, had, and he hit this a few times as well, a beautiful one-two counter as well. Sarukin would throw a big shot, Gamrot would slip, one-two counter down the middle. My, my last comment that I wrote on, in my notebook was, wow, what a fight. And that <laughs> is, it's just, it completely blew me away. And as I said, I gave it four rounds to one Sarukin, and I'm not angry at it being 3-2 Gamrot. And all the judges are consistent, 3-4-5 to Gamrot, 1-2 to Sarukin. Yeah, I was, I was wondering. So, I mean, so that does bring up one slight talking point then, uh, because it there was you're talking about reacting to one another. I mean, it did seem much to my surprise actually going in that uh, Gamrot had the slight, the slight edge in the wrestling, the slight edge yeah. enough enough that you, you saw little glimpses of the first couple of rounds, and we know uh, Shurukin's prowess in that area, so. Wasn't expecting that to be an area that could be exploited by Gamrot, but he was just, you know, just slightly 55% to 45% ahead in those exchanges, mm. not able to get off any damage. And they did go further into that game as the fight went on. Sarukian definitely faded. Uh, I mean, yeah. in the third round, I've got, yeah, I've got written down here, tiring, uh, looking up at the clock in, in the fourth. Sarukian was yeah. definitely. He was feeling that pace that Gamrot was putting on him. And Gamrot, he did have a lot of uh, control time in those later rounds. He was able to take the back. But for me, Joe, he didn't get off enough offense for me to give him those rounds. Mm, I am somewhat in agreement with you. Um, I mean, round three is the one that... Round three I gave to him. Which is interesting as well, because if you look at the stats, Sarukin did land more. Um, Although... Gamrot's percentage of, of landing was a lot higher. Um, I mean, this fight was actually... I say that. I mean, the whole fight, only round one, Sarukin had, like, five more significant strikes landed. Round two, he had one. Round three, he had two. Round four, he had three. And in round five, he had three. I mean, we're talking about minimal, minimal difference there. Like, this isn't a big deal. But uh, he did have the he did have the heavier shots throughout the fight. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I think Gamrot will be able to land heavier ground and pound on people that aren't Arman Sarukin or or Islam Makachev. Like this is this guy is a hammer, an absolute hammer, and he has now taken Conor McGregor's ranking. They've swapped rankings. These two, Gamrot's now ranked number seven, and oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And McGregor is ranked 11th now behind Sarukian. Well, so, I'm glad to have a professional sharing the sharing the mic with me here because I've got to say, Joe, I hadn't hadn't seen the rankings there. I kind of just assumed these guys would be getting stiffed. Uh, <laughs> Tony Ferguson yeah. number five, and then you know, like <laughs> these two nine and ten, like they just literally move up one each. Like, well, yeah, it is interesting. Now, you've caused me to go and just uh, check that now. Great to see Gamrot um, go into the top 10. But what's more interesting there for me is Sarukian is still there lurking at 11. Yeah. So, so I think they're recognising we've got some some killers on the yeah. come up. Can't deny yeah. them anymore. Yeah, no, there really, really is that place. Sorry, Gamrot's ranked at 8th now, I should say. But that's... I had this thought was that... Joe, wait, sorry. One, one, one thing. Where is this Magulov? What, I, I'm looking for him. And I cannot find him in the rankings. He he is not ranked. Joe. That's that's insane. Joe, he's won six fights in a row, hasn't he? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he he's beaten the guy who was the only guy to beat Gamrot. What's we- going on, Joe? <laughs> what is going on? We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. Right. Let's talk about well, let's talk about this. Who do we want next for Gamrot? 
There's oh. one. There's one name for me. Oh wow, uh, Gaethje. He called it himself. Gaethje. <laughs> Gaethje. You're done, son. You're done, bro. You are cooked. <laughs> Chandler was the other name I was thinking of. Oh, but you like Chandler too much, Joe. I, we know your bias. I've got. He's got that Joe Greenwood privilege, is not he? Like it's. Just... <laughs> he's got the Joe Greenwood privilege. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Look, we've got Makachev and Dariush. That's that's the next one for the yeah. belt. The winner of that fight is that fight definitely happening? No, no, it hasn't been announced yet. It's Joe. kept being put off. I know. For me, that's the fight to make. Winner faces Charles later in the year. But it's also I think Fiziev and D- D- Dos Anjos, right? Is that's the other in two fight weeks. Yeah, wow. It's all going on at lightweight. Yeah. Invest in lightweight right now. Drop your hipster's choice of bantamweight. Get back in with the classics. Respect the classics, okay? Uh, as for Sarukian, fucking... Who gives a shit? Fucking give him anyone. Don't. I don't want Ismagulov. I don't want... I don't no. want Ismagulov. Or Kutataladze. Or Kutataladze. Let I want guys it. shine. Let them ride. Sarukian hooker. Give it to me. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> fuck's sake, Joe. They're ranked. Joe, that's not on. That's hate. That's hate speech right there. Right. Well, who do you want for Surrey? I, I want to keep the New Zealand listeners on board. Dan Hooker, we like you. We respect you. I, I love a bit of Hooker. That. I love a bit of Yeah, hooker. I love a bit of Hooker. Uh, maybe the loser of uh, Fiziev Dos Anjos? That was, that was the other one in my mind as well, yes. That, that, that would be a banging fight. Um, yeah, that that would be fine by me as well. Uh, right, should we talk about the co-main event in which another contender emerges? Shavkat Rachmanov defeats Neil Magny, a man who's willing to take on anyone at any time by guillotine choke. Two seconds left of round two, and Magny couldn't tough it out. Rachmanov... Um, he showed that there was levels to this game, didn't he? And Magny was not on his level. <laughs> no, no. It's it's one of those that's so comprehensive, you can't help. Whilst, I, of course, we're going to give a lot of credit to Shavkat. I mean, he just vanquished Magny so comfortably, neutralized yeah. any any output that Magny would have. Um, now, Magny survived these onslaughts in the past to come back stronger later on and to really give the test. He wasn't able to hear. Was that because Shavkat was just so good? Yeah. Yeah. Shavkat's that good. He he was, like, so controlled in this fight. Like, it, this is why he's not the people's number one choice when it comes to welterweight, because he's not this showy guy. You know, his style is controlled, it's measured, and it's well thought out. And you see it in when he fights. He's not this wild man that's going to go forward. Even with his ground and pound, he'll only sort of unleash the ground and pound when he's in a position that his field is comfortable. And you notice this, is that when his feet are planted, he doesn't like throwing ground and pound from his knees, and he likes to stack his opponent as well. Some of the ground and pound was really well thought out as well. There's some really nice body shots in there from the ground and pound. You don't normally see that, because everyone just, like, heads hunt, head hunting. But Shavkat's aware that the body isn't going to move like the head, so he's going to start throwing to the body. And his body shots were so precise in that position. Stacking Magni up. I know Magni was attacking for a heel hook, but he was nowhere near. And that was mostly just to sort of, like, try and keep Shavkat off of him. And even Shavkat wasn't really that bothered uh, by the looks of it. And then patiently builds to a guillotine choke, sinks it in, and gets the finish. Um... This guy's a contender, and I do not want to see him fight Chimaev until it's for a title shot. I don't want to see these guys fight before that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same the same discussion again that we've had at Lightweight. Um, now, Shavkat, he has been pushed up the rankings off this win over Magny. He's up to rank 10 now. Yeah. Now, we've got, again, these guys sitting in the top 10. We've got Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> Yeah. Wonderboy Thompson, who he called out. I loved his call out, by the way. It was a very, very little cheeky, cheeky way that he did it. The name that stands out to me, though, Vincente Luque. That is the fight. I would love to see that fight. 
do you want to I see mean, him, do you want to see him against Wonderboy Thompson? I just don't think Wonderboy's got anything to offer him. I'm Luke, Luke feels like... Go on. It seems unfair to to Gilbert, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know. But he had such a good showing against Chimaev. He is the test, um, and uh, like Luke is such a such a precious commodity in mm. this uh, wrestler heavy division. It's almost like I want to pick special fights just for Luke. I'd quite like Luke Masvidal actually, but oh, yeah. um... that sounds banging. That sounds <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've also got guys like Covington. You know, how long can he sit up there? Not long, not, not long. I I really think that Covington has to pick his next fight carefully because it can't be Chimaev. I just don't like his chances in that fight. I know that Chimaev Bilal Muhammad is being talked about for October in Abu Dhabi. Um, again, if I'm Covington as well, I'm avoiding Rachmanov as much as I can. Um, but there aren't that many guys there that he can really fight realistically. You know, is he gonna? I mean, is he gonna? I, I, I mean, what is he? Is Covington gonna ask for a Wonderboy Thompson fight? Well, I, I was about to say I wouldn't want to see Covington fight Burns, although that's a fight that you know kind of kind of should happen. These again, two guys coming off the losses. We want to. You've got to fight. Got to fight down. You have got to give somebody a chance to come up and break into that into that area. Mm. So. Yeah, there's not an obvious matchup for Covington. There's not an obvious matchup for no. Covington, especially if Sean Brady is going to fight Kevin Holland. Um, yeah, so I think I don't know. I I would be surprised if Covington took the Rachmanov fight. If he did do it, I would say fair play, and you're trying to get yourself into a contender shot again. But he's not going to do that. He's too clever to do that. Or cowardly would be another word uh, I think Colby would fancy his chances against Bilal you know if that fight didn't get made I think he would want that kind of fight Bilal it's... sitting at rank 5 right now I think that's a winnable matchup for him against a guy who's on a, built a streak of his own now yeah so... yeah I think I think that's fair I think that's fair but Rachmanov a couple fights away I think and he'll be right there I think for a contender contendership title shot um, I mean those those Kazakh fans, Joe. They're going to be. <laughs> oh, can I talk about can I talk about this in the the main event when they were walking out, Sarukin and Gamrot? Those those Armenian lads. Oh my god, that was absolutely booing Gamrot as he came out, and then cheering on Sarukin and that one lad with the suit and the fucking shirt like opened up down to the fucking belly button. Incredible, <laughs> absolutely loving those lads. Fair play for making some atmosphere in there. Yeah, um, that. Should we talk about the rest of this card? There's not a huge amount here. But uh, let's go up from... Should we go from the heavyweight fight or should we go from the middleweight fight up? Ah, oh, Joe, you're not going to bring the pod into disrepute and make me talk about that heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Joe, that was just a, a sloppy mess. I cannot talk in the same podcast about <laughs> Saruki versus Gamrot. And who was it? You Bordeaux versus... This is Josh uh, Parisian. Oh, that was awful, oh. wasn't it? I, I <laughs> it was we, we, You texted me and said... This heavyweight fight is sloppy, and I showed you my notes that just said heavyweight slop. I mean, the finish was hilarious. I mean, it was TKO from being tired. Like, that, <laughs> was, that wasn't like ground and pound. That was like, he was like, just fucking get me out of here. I, I, like, and like, he was talking about, oh, the hammering ground and pound on the commentary. It's just like, it's not. It's not Khabib, is it? I mean, Jesus Christ, that was awful. Anyway, what did you what did you make of Josh Parisian at the end of the first round? There, kind of like looking up at the ref, like I can't, I can't go much longer. Call it, call it <laughs> off. Not because he's getting punched, but because he's getting tired from punching Bordeaux, who's kind of on his hands and knees, not responding. Not because he again, not because he's eating heavy shots, just because he, he's just timed out. He's finished. It, it, His it output one- is over. It was one of those that made me question whether we should even bother with a heavyweight division. Like, as much yeah. as I love Tom Aspinall and Curtis Blades and Francis and all that, I almost feel like we should get rid of heavyweight because that fight was appalling. Um, yeah, go on. Well, no, I was just going to say, this for me now, Joe, it's in the same category as um, as other divisions within the sport, which I, which you become, have become the specialist in covering and I what? have retired from. <laughs> well... 
I mean, what, what I'm saying, I just can't, Joe. I just can't be dragged down by this. I since cannot. When am I a, since when am I an expert on win- women's bantamweight? Like this is like, <laughs> there's nothing I really want to talk about there. Anyway, can we no, let's right. please move on because this is I don't I don't even want to talk about this. Well, Joe, I mean, let me let me put it like this to you because for me, I um I wasn't that taken with the rest of this card, especially coming off the high of last week. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to pass the mic over to you. Is there something you want to highlight, something you'd like to bring up from this card? I mean, you've got, of course, Umar Numagamedov marching through pretty... So, no, but so, soft opposition, Joe. Yeah. Not a real test. A gimme. A canter crush. No offence to Nathan Manners. Yeah, that was a fight 15, 15 minutes you just made. had to get through. It was just yeah. 15. And, I, and I, I'm a little bit annoyed he's been ranked now because of that. He's ranked 15. Yanez has been knocked out of the rankings after a week. Wow, is that? I was about going to say, who's given up the place? It's really Yanez, is it? Yanez, yeah. Oh. And it's like I'm, I'm not cool with that. Like I think Yanez has done more to deserve that. Because also, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this fight, and I'm like, Nurmagomedov should be smashing this guy. Like he should be aggressively passing into more aggressive positions. He's clearly a lot better than him on the ground. Just kind of played it safe. Some nice kicks in there. I wasn't that impressed to be honest. This guy is obviously going to be a contender down the line, but. He shouldn't be ranked now, and he should be on a slower build, I think. I know he wants to get a title shot within the next two fights, but not for me, off of performances like that. Um, I guess the only other thing I really want to mention... Oh, Thiago Moises had a really cool submission win. That sort of rear naked choke where he was pulling his elbow across. It was a very odd sort of rear naked choke. He had the choke arm in, and instead of locking in in, uh, the hands of the bicep sort of like put the other arm over the choke arm and sort of pulled it in via the elbow very interesting and then uh, Chris Curtis gets another win nice feel good uh, story here go over Hidolfo Vieira um, added three rounds uh, to Curtis same excellent takedown defense but Hidolfo Vieira was just spamming the same takedown over and over again Joe, the guy is lo- so slow robotic love- he's got that classic Brazilian juice body you know yeah <laughs> He's got, you know, the robotic motion. Yeah. Um, great great body work from, un- uh, from Curtis in this fight, though. Well, yeah, I was going to say, unlike uh, Rodriguez, Robocop, he is actually an old man. Um, He's been booked into another fight, Rodriguez. Okay. I, need to, I need to find this. Uh, I'll find it in a moment, but it's, it was a banger when I saw it. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. Are you We're sticking t- by that, that matchup, Chris Curtis versus Joaquin? Your boy, the Buck, Buckley. I mean, I, I you turned me around with that Weidman call, where I was just like, like, damn, like poor, poor Weidman getting sacrificed there. But Joe, I think that's, I just think that's beautiful. The All American, you know, the the New York hero, the hero, the All American, yeah. and Chris Weidman. Like that's. that's <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll try and find this Gregory Rodriguez fight. All I'm seeing is, oh, here we go. Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, Chidi Injukani uh, set for a, uh, September. He's a, he's a banger. He throws out some banging fights. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Gregory Rodriguez in that uh, in that one. Anyway, uh, we were talking about the lightweight division earlier, as was uh, Demir Ismagulov, uh, who was talking about his fight to Russian media about against uh, Kutatladze. Um. Just quickly on the, he talked about the judges' uh, decision. He said that I know that Garan was dissatisfied with the judges, with the referees' uh, decision. He said referees, but he means judges. I saw the fight several times, and I'm sure I won the second and third rounds. As for the assessment of the third judge, I don't know. Kutsalade hit me more in the first round, but it was from defensive positions. I was more accurate. Do you feel like he's off base with that one talking about that fight? Or, uh. No, I mean you remember that. Of course, I scored it two rounds to one for Kutateladze, but I would, I think it'd be hard to argue that Ismagulov wasn't the more accurate striker overall. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I, I'm but what, what's his beef? He won the fight. What's what's? I know, I know. Well, his other beef was that they weren't given fight the night bonus. We were not given the fight the night bonus when, in fact, we had a great match. Technically and tactically, highest level of fighting tension everything was in this confrontation our fight was faster paced than Cater versus Emmett but what can we do we did not get the bonus and that's it we should not be sad because of that we were two warriors against each other and I want to show huge respect to Guram fair enough 
Sure, and now, I agree with all of that. And then he talks about the lightweight division. In general, I do not understand what is happening in this division. There are several fighters in the top 15 with too many losses, but no one touches them. It was very difficult for me to find an opponent. Guram is in a similar situation. We do not have a ranking. Higher ranked fighters don't want to lose their place, and none of us had a choice, so we had to fight against each other. I really do not want to fight with the guys from the former Soviet Union countries because we have a lot of fighters of other nationalities in the rankings ahead of us that we can fight with and I think I deserve that too. I don't understand who sets these rankings. I was told that experts, journalists, etc. These people have nothing to do with real MMA. (laughs) Wow. He is shooting hard right here. And I 100% agree. Yeah, I I mean... Clearly, uh, if he was listening last week, he wouldn't bunch. Hold on, I'm talking brother in with those <laughs> classic MMA journalists. Yeah, those because we were we were shooting from the hip. Now I'm a bit worried about what what's going to come next uh, before I if, sign up to everything that is Love <laughs> has to say. I'm not sure our worldviews align entirely. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't that... really want to know if he has like any relationship with your man Kadyrov or anything. But <laughs> well, yes. And then the, the reference to fighting guys from the ex-Soviet Union. Yeah, the, someone's trying to recreate that. <laughs> <laughs> same union as we speak is a yeah. uncomfortable position to be in but as far as mma goes he's he's totally right and it's it's it just can't stand it can't yeah. stand any longer the thing is though joe outside of top tier podcasts like hold on i'm talking brother who's going to take this line who's going who's listening to isma gulov who's who's reading these reports i feel like it's a real minority of fans and and this uh, status quo is likely to continue and it's sad but i'd rather be right than like just say and this is why i feel like on this podcast we don't talk about nate diaz fighting jake paul and you know what dana white has to say about it and those things because in all honesty i'm not interested i'm interested we are joe come on we've got standards here we got well go on it sounds like we're on the other side of the cold war joe we're (laughs) (laughs) we're the the reds Fine by me. Fine by me. Look, let's uh, let's move on. Well, I'm sure. Well, we'll be talking about the lightweight division again after uh, this upcoming pay per view, as there is a banging lightweight fight on the prelims: uh, Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner, which is going to be a, a stonker. But let's talk about the main card very quickly for UFC 276. We're not going to do our predictions. We'll be back on Thursday to do that. Um, Honey Dick. Oh yeah. We're honey dicking the fans there, Joe. You know, you, you uh, yeah. piqued their interest. You have but to you're going to have to come back, guys. You're going to have to Thursday. come back where we will break this shit down in detail. UFC 276. Site card change here. Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate has been taken off the main oh, card. Oh, Joe. I know. Joe, come on. I know. You're trying to kill off the hype for this already. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lauren Murphy has COVID. So, originally... Uh, they were they were going to bump up Cerrone and Miller, but instead they bumped up Brian Barbarena versus Robbie Lawler to the pay-per-view main card. <laughs> oh, Thomas God. just he's pulled the face of just like I've just like smelled something terrible. Uh, you're not into that fight. You're going to have to be. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give my opinion on that on Thursday, as is our mandate. When we give our predictions, uh, no, Joe. I mean, all those fights are the same. I'm not. I'm not hearing you, any change. You, are you like me, where you think you have to put your best foot forward on on the pay per view, and it's like that should be Riddell Turner in that slot. Like that should be yeah. that fight. Well, I was pleased to see at least uh, wasn't there talk of O'Malley Munoz going down to the prelims? So, that would have been outrageous. So before Murphy Tate was taken off, Jim Miller lost uh, Bobby Green pulled out of his fight with Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone stepped in to make it a welterweight fight which then promptly got moved to the pay-per-view card knocking O'Malley down to headline the prelims now I was raging about this and then 24 hours later they changed their tune apparently due to outcry (laughs) they turned it round and Sean O'Malley and Pedro Munoz went back to the pay-per-view and uh Saved us all from having to talk about Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone. I mean, Jim Miller, Donald Cerrone, and Barbarina Lawler on the same card. No, no, uh, no. It was it was going to be Tate, 
Murphy was still going to be on that. Maybe. Joe, that, all that three was... of those fights are the same. <laughs> My responsibility is the same. <laughs> all right. If there was going to be more than one of them, I, I might have been, you know, picketing, picketing yeah. outside the arena. Yeah. Don't cross this line. Don't watch this shit because you know, come on, that's not what we're here to see. We're here to see the the future. Now, the pay per view is stacked. There are at least four great fights on there, in my opinion, or at least four interesting fights. And there'll be a lot to talk about on Thursday, but first of all, I've got a question for you about this card on Saturday, and it's about Israel Adesanya. I said it correctly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Where does Izzy stand right now in the MMA fan community to you, Tom? And what does this Jared Cannonier fight do for him? Uh, the Cannonier fight for me, it really doesn't move the needle that much. I mm. don't think. I mean, he's already been dismembered by Whitaker. You know, his Adesanya's henchman. So, yeah. so okay. that 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 doesn't move the needle for me much. Um, where does he stand in the community? I mean, I would hope that he stands. With a lot of respect on his name, he's been taking all all comers. He's been beating everyone who's put in front of him. It, at it doesn't seem that way though. It really doesn't seem that way. Like if you, he's clear, sort of in the lineage of Anderson Silva, of like advanced striker, so far ahead of the game in terms of striking. But he just doesn't have that love that I feel like Anderson Silva had. I don't know if you're maybe not agreeing with me on this but it feels like Izzy may have lost some of the fans with his recent fights there were people who said Whitaker won that second fight wrong there were people who said that Romero won the fight again not for me they were just, it's just weird how it feels like the community slightly turned against him well Joe I mean I'll, I'll say this like you've just had my initial reaction to the Cannonier fight Cannonier is the only man for him to fight in that division right now I, I don't I don't see anyone Currently. else yeah, um, and obviously Israel's. I mean, I'm not excited about that fight. Not because just because Israel's so far ahead, but because in his previous uh, matchups, he's he's not had a performance like the first Whitaker fight. He's he's cruised. You remember that uh, Anderson Silva fight? I think it was in the Gulf, where he just he just Damian ran around. Damian, Damian Meyer, Meyer. right? Yeah. And now I'm not accusing Adesanya of that. Um, he 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 has to fight the guys in front of them. He has to play into their matchups. We know mm-hmm. how dangerous the likes of Romero are. But I think that has that has had an impact. And and you know I recognise that myself in saying I'm not that excited about the fight. Now you yourself were and presumably still are a huge Adesanya fan. Yeah. Do do you think he should have the same excitement and interest that he that he had previously when he was on the come up when he was on the rise? Yeah, absolutely. Do you I feel actually... it for this fight, Joe? No, I don't. Oh, right. what you mean in myself? Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean in myself. Uh, measuring the I, hype I'm, gauge. I'm always excited to watch Adesanya. I'm always excited to watch him. So I'm never like not gonna watch him. I'm have you have you re- have you rewatched the last Whitaker fight? No. Why would I do that? Like that's that sounds awful i've watched the paolo costa fight like 10 times like that yeah. fight is incredible that was a clinic that was an absolute methodical i mean a clinic. horrible matchup for costa i a horrible game plan <laughs> <laughs> it was really <laughs> didn't watch any red tape <laughs> had no idea what to expect i mean um, really so uh, i don't know maybe i, th- I think cannoneer will be a a more willing dance partner mm. i think uh, he has to be hopefully Hopefully. I think he has to. Hey, hey, hey. you're teasing me, Joe. You're pulling me in. We're going to save this to Thursday. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. I wanted to wrap this up, but I just wanted to get your initial feelings on Izzy because there's so much to talk about this. I mean, there's the trilogy fight between Volkanovski and Holloway. There's the Pereja Strickland fight. We got Munoz versus O'Malley. There's a lot yeah, Joe, to talk Joe, about there, look, and there's a lot to talk answer. about this main event as well. That we let me answer that just very quickly. Just like you, you, like I can feel the adrenaline level. It's climbing with those fights you've just referenced. Right, yeah. those are the fights I'm excited for. Yeah, not the Izzy fight. Not, I, not that. Do, I, do you know what it is? I, 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 I partly agree with you because I'm most excited about Izzy. I'm most excited to see what he's going to do, and whether Cannonier can do anything to him. Right. Now, Tom, I've put that out there to you. What are you going to give me? 
you you want an opportunity to pontificate, Joe? Absolutely, always, to? always. Go on, right. lay it on me. So, Tom, so, tell me what you found the other day. Well, Joe, you know we uh, we were looking at this uh, fight night card, and we were so excited about Gamera and Surukian, and then the feeling was that after that, you know, what are we going to give the fans? <laughs> what are they tuning in for? Of course, and they're tuning in for Joe's hot takes. <laughs> Are right. these my hot so, takes or are there, are there others? There are other people. These are your reactions. You've seen like this is all the rage now on YouTube. The hot reaction take. videos, Joe. And I'm going to spit out some hot takes that I found on the Reddit MMA. Shout yeah. out to that community right there, which is which is great. The uh, best. Again, I wouldn't want to align my views entirely with what might be said no. on that forum. <laughs> oh, no, no, uh, no. That's all. a surefire way to end up um, being delisted from Hashtag iTunes, etc. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but nonetheless, they do provide some some good some good humour on occasion and some good talking points. So I'm going to uh, list some of the hot takes given by the community, and I want to see your reaction to to them, Joe. So okay. um, first one here. Now this ties in very well with the fight that we were just talking about, Saruki and Gamrot. Uh, not enough points are taken away in fights due to penalties. Uh yeah, yeah I agree with that. I Joe, feel like yeah. Should Surukin have lost a point at the weekend? He was grabbing the cage. He was grabbing gloves. Oh, the the glove grab was hilarious. He was also landing the... punches off, off, off. You know uh, when they were touching gloves at the beginning. That he was I'm attacking not, that... off that. <laughs> that's that's just that's just game planning, bro. Like, all right, we've touched gloves. Let's that's... get to it. I feel like once you touch gloves, you got to go straight into it. Like, no messing around. So that one doesn't bother me. I I was more bothered by the cage grabbing and that there wasn't a clear warning of, like, we're stopping the fight, I'm having a word with you. Why don't referees do that? Is it because they feel like, I've got to be outside this and allow these things to happen? And I'll talk about it afterwards if it's I think they, egregious. I think, they did, I think in between rounds, I think the ref did go over the top with Sarukian. Oh, fair enough. Fair I enough. think that did happen. I, I, um, it, it's more eye-gouging, eye eye-gouging, eye eye-pokes and <laughs> low blows that bother me. There was uh, the, particularly the... Although saying that as well, that gets into funny territory, that Chris Curtis Vieira fight, yeah. where, where Curtis was fucking milking it. And then on one of them, he was actually so it wasn't hit a low blow. Yeah, the well, second one wasn't a low blow. The second one wasn't. And then there was a third one where they looked at it back because they were watching like, oh yeah, that was definitely low and he's having to fight through it. It's like, it's just bizarre, bizarre. Well, Joe, we're getting into the weeds here. Um, but in that fight, the ref did take a point and then the scorecards came back, 29-28. They just dismissed dismissed yeah. the taking of the point anyway. So. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people getting on the judges at the moment, you know, for their quote clerical errors uh and maybe not even being consistent this was something that came up in the Saruki and Gamrot fight was that the judges favored Gamrot's control in rounds four uh and three whereas they judged the Tyler Santos Shevchenko fight and Santos had more control and the same amount of damage and they gave it to Shev- uh, Shevchenko instead so it's like they're not even being consistent within themselves but in terms of the points thing Low blows, I'm saying one warning and then a, then you're getting points taken away. That I think it should be that clearer thing. The fence grabbing, I feel like it's such like a natural thing to do because Joe, you've got your hand there. Let me stop you right there. Go on. If you're going to land a takedown and it's prevented by a man grabbing the fence. Then you, t- yeah, then you take a point. I don't know. Or give them the position or something. Yeah. Right. Next one, Joe. Go on. Something uh, closer to your heart. You can control any man by his asshole. What? <laughs> what are you talking? What? Hot takes, Joe. You can control any man by his asshole. You mean like a? You mean like an oil? You check? can interpret that in any in any way you wish to. Uh, I... is it agree or disagree? I mean, I think you're vulnerable if 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 someone's controlling you by the asshole. So yeah, I'm going to go with yes, most likely. Right. Thank agreed. you for that one. Okay, agreed. <laughs> um. F- all right. Let's see. Um, way more fights should be scored as draws. Disagree. Yeah. Disagree. I'm, I I don't like this ten ten thing because it also doesn't follow the ruling of the sport. 
like a 10-10 round would be two people circling each other in the middle not throwing anything like it was like if two fighters throw and land four strikes you have to judge whose four strikes had the most impact for you and I like that. I like that forcing of that. If we're getting into 10-10... Also, there's not enough rounds, I think, for 10-10. It's not boxing. You've got 12 rounds to work and get through it and get to, like... But at, you know. at the same time, if you're going to give more 10-10s, you would also, in my view, you give more 10-8s. But, okay, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the flip side of that. That's the yeah. flip side of that. But, yeah, I, I'm against the whole draw thing. <sighs> yeah, 10... No, I, I like the 10-9. You have to get that. I, I prefer that, prefer that personally. Because I just don't want draws. I don't want draws in the sport. I don't want... Look, there's so many guys with weird MMA records anyway where they end up being contenders somehow. Like, you look at Masvidal's record where it's like, you know, 40 wins and 15 losses. Imagine if it was like, you know, 36 wins, you know, 10 losses and nine draws. You'd be like, Jesus Christ, what is this? Like, this looks awful. So I'd, I'd, I prefer it because it just allows for a bit more... I don't know bit cleaner the records but that's just me anyway next give next, me two more okay. give me two give me give me two or three more um okay let's go so <laughs> um, can you control a man I, by the I, testicles yes. <laughs> i almost can't bring myself to say this one on. uh prime mcgregor would be everyone in the top five of lightweight yeah Prime McGregor now, was a, Joe, was a, was our a featherweight top five right now. Our, our, yeah, our top five now does include Islam Makachev. Well, no, he's not beating him. I don't think he beats Charles Oliveira. Current Charles Oliveira. Maybe Gaethje. I'd say maybe Gaethje. Who else? Is Poirier in the top five? Poirier is in the top five. Poirier is ranked number two, Joe. Great. Fair <laughs> and just system. <laughs> um, and who who's the who's the fifth guy? The fifth guy uh, is Michael Chandler. Maybe, maybe. So Gaethje and Chandler were the the two that I'd say maybe. The other three definitely not. McGregor versus Chandler next. Uh, yes, yeah. That's that's the fight for me. That's the fight. Although I'll put this out there: if if Volkanovski destroys Holloway, Volkanovski versus McGregor at, at lightweight. <laughs> wow yeah, I don't think that goes well for Connor. oh my god I think that's terrible but he does have considerable range over over Volk anyway two more give me a couple more um, by the way what do, you, what do you say to that do you think he beats any of that top five any of the top five well we've seen him fight Poirier uh, there's no chance he beats but we're talking about Oliveira. Prime McGregor are we talking about Prime, right, Prime, Prime McGregor what, what is Prime McGregor is that the Aldo win is it the Eddie Alvarez nah, win it's Alvarez it's Alvarez Alvarez yeah. is the signature performance. Going up a weight class against a man favoured to beat him, a veteran of the sport, um, and he yeah. just dismantled him. I mean, that was a, you can't take that away from Connor. That's, 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 that is like an absolute pure 10 out of 10 performance. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's in well, the pantheon for me, Joe. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll always remember that. Yeah. That, um, that night. Yeah, I, I'd say Gaethje and Chandler would be the two that I would favour that McGregor to win. And, and Poirier, perhaps. I mean yeah, that maybe. that McGregor beat all right a diminished Poirier who's since gone on to better stuff. But I would you know we've got to remember going into the the, the rematch at lightweight McGregor was the favourite and that's because yeah. of the clinic he put on against Poirier at featherweight. Yeah. So fair enough. Yeah, there's no world in which McGregor beats Makachev <laughs> or or this version of Oliveira. Agreed. So, Agreed. End of. All right, right, I'll give you one one more Joe to sign off the the pod on. Um, <laughs> You got a good one. <laughs> um, the MMA fan base is largely alt right trash. Um, I, I think a lot. I think there's a lot of people that go to these live events that have views that I would not want to hear, even on the sport. Team like, team is Magulov down with America. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah, uh, the politics of MMA is a dodgy and deep, dark world. It's definitely, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but 
maybe other than what, is there any other sport that's more right wing than this hunting <laughs> Jesus Christ rugby we're going to say rugby because that's a bit Tory isn't it that's a bit <laughs> Tory though that's not like this yeah it's a different you know type. cricket cricket's another one where it's kind of got some <sighs> yeah it, it's it's probably got the worst politics going it is if we're being honest as well a largely white fan base you know it it appeals to a that sort of fan base as well and if, if have you heard the politics of some of these fighters like that it's appalling and even people no. that i like so i try not to look at that stuff to be honest so let me be a, take the corporate angle here uh yeah. given don't want to alienate the uh the listeners out there <laughs> uh now of course we're not referring to anyone who might listen to this podcast no you do not belong in that camp you are people what, what do you say what do you say to that though that it's largely an alt-right cesspool. Uh, I guess I would try to take a more, like, um, a less weighted, more abstract overview. You know, I don't want to group people together mm. like that. Um, I can certainly say that there's very few people within MMA that I would just lump my views in with uh, indiscriminately. I would need yeah. to take it on a case-by-case basis because because really I'd be concerned about what any person might say. <laughs> within this sport i mean really i really feel like that yeah it's it's hard being a fan of people isn't it where like even like izzy has said some stuff where i'm like oh man like that's he certainly has joe yeah that's not cool that's not cool like i don't know and then there's always like they have this sort of babyish reaction of like crying about cancel culture and it's like Bro, the UFC took your sponsorship already. Like, you you, you ain't getting cancelled, son. Like, it, it's it's already it's already done. So, yeah, I try. Yeah, my my the only one that I would be like really heartbroken about if it turned out that like Robert Whittaker is like an absolute like neo Nazi or something. Like that would absolutely break my heart. Oof. I don't think I could watch the sport anymore. Obviously, God, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he does call. He did used to call himself. What did he call himself? The the biracial. What? Something or other? Yeah. Oh no, Joe, stop. Yeah. No, no, no. So I, I don't think it was any anything too bad. But <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll try and find it. I'll try and find it. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Anyway, we're going way out into the weeds here. We need to get Kareem Zidane on to talk about this. Never mind uh, me and you rambling through, Joe, through this. Joaquin Buckley, Kareem Zidane, Joe Greenwood and Tom Ballam. We'll break it down for you. The racial politics of, uh, <laughs> of MMA and the, and the soft power that comes with it, potentially. Uh, anyway, Tom, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you so much. We will be back on Thursday to break down UFC 276. We gave you a little tease there. Gave you a little tease. We're not selling wolf tickets, brother. We are, we are giving you the good shit on Thursday. Um, thank you so much Tom Uh, any any, any parting words see you Thursday see you Thursday and uh, big up the lightweight division Uh, thank you very much and goodbye listeners goodbye